<laughs> uh, welcome back to Hurt Tell. Okay, a tradition unlike any other because we did it last year. Now we're doing it again this year. So now it's a tradition, maybe That's a right. habit. Depends on your point of view. Brian O'Nolan's return so we can talk about bad Christmas music. Uh, he's an educator. He is a writer at OrdinaryDadsTimes.com. He's a good friend of the program, although we haven't seen him since last Christmas. That's how popular that segment was. Brian, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Yourself? Good. The bionic man with a brand new hip. That's why he's sitting down right now. Uh, right. But we need we need you above the shoulders for this one. Maybe a little bit of your heart. Uh, we did this last year. I wanted to do it again, but though, boy, howdy. I just did a Christmas trip. I was out of town. You know, everybody's playing Christmas music. My God, is there a lot of bad Christmas music in the last 10, 15 years? There really, really is. And I was thinking, um, because I actually, was. we're talking bad Christmas music, but I want to defend a Christmas song here because a couple weeks ago, my son, my younger son, he's 12, he comes home and he says, you know what the worst Christmas song is? And of course, I've got a catalog in my head and I'm thinking, well, okay, he's got about a dozen he could pick from. What did he say? Keep in mind, we're talking about a seventh grader. What song did he pick? I don't know, Grinch. Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Now, the kids are all right. He's got a point. I had to take a moment and I said, you know what? I think I know what the problem is. I don't think it's the song. I think it's partly the fact that it is, and check me here because you're a little bit more tuned into pop music than I am. I feel like it's the last or most recent entry into the Christmas music canon that it's the most recent standard that has been released. And I was shocked when I looked it up. I, I, I looked it up because I, I wasn't sure what year it had been released. And I was guessing late 90s, boy, was I wrong. 1994, this song was released. And it was a throwback at the time, which I didn't realize until this morning when I was thinking about it. It's, it's really a throwback to sort of classic Motown. If you told me that, uh, you know, Ronnie Spector had recorded it uh, in 1968, I, I, I believe you, um, but no, it's a, a Mariah Carey original. And I think it has become so ubiquitous. It's the first song you hear at the end of October in Target. And I think that, that it's it's so frequently heard that a lot of people are just annoyed by it. Whereas it's genuinely a really good song. It's just all positivity. Um, it's a love song about Christmas. And, and what's not to like about that? I mean, I guess... On the 500,000th hearing, it might get a little annoying, but um, so I just want to defend that one for a moment. Um, not that it's my favorite, but I think that, you know, it's, I looked it up, it's the 12th highest selling single of all time. And you don't get that high on the charts without being a decent song. No, it's a throwback to the, I think you're right. It was a throwback song at the time. The problem is it, it's been beaten over the head of everybody for the better part of the last 30 years. So that's yeah. why we're all sick of it. But yeah, yeah but it, you talked about the Canada. It depends on your definition. That's probably the most, by far the most commercially successful of the recent, and recent, I mean, the last 30, 40 years, you know, because we have the classical Christmas music, then you have the standards from, you know, the 60s, 70s, 50s, white Christmas, all that stuff. Yeah. Of the modern era stuff of the last 40 years, it's clearly the most commercially successful, the most well-known. I don't think there's any debate about that. No, it's, like, not, it's not even close. Really? Of, of Christmas, not even Christmas, sorry, just songs. Singles, yeah. the only other Christmas song in English that has sold more is White Christmas, and that's the greatest selling single of all time. I mean, they literally... Which was an accident. We did that one last year. 
Yeah. The verse of White Christmas that we know was actually the original third verse, and it was like a 20-minute song. Yeah. And it wasn't Bing Crosby's song at first. Um, and he ended up actually having to re-record the the master of that song because the original master was so worn out from so many pressings of the record that they had to go in and re-record it, uh, which is just mind-boggling. It sold 50 million copies um, and to, to Mariah Carey's only 18 for All I Want for Christmas is You. And then there's another Christmas song that has sold 30 million songs, uh, 30 million copies, and I'd never even heard of it. It's a French song called uh, Petit Papa Noel, and I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but it's also from the 40s. So, I mean, when we're talking about most recent entry to the canon, it's the best selling since White Christmas, at least in English, um, Christmas song. It's it's amazing. And yes, we've it's been beaten over our heads, but I think to some degree that's because there hasn't been anything anywhere close to it since. Yeah. So I've pulled up a list. I don't think of this as a Christmas song because it came from the movie, but I get why they're adding it as a Christmas song. But do you want to build a snowman from Frozen is way up there on the list now okay. as a selling single. I don't think of that as a Christmas song. I think of it as a winter song. I know I'm splitting hairs there, but okay. But I, I, um, I mean, it's I'll allow it. I, I, but I don't think that's a Christmas song. No, it's not. Um, Sabotage, better known to most normal people. If you're into 80s metal, you know them as Sabotage. Most people know them as the Trans-Siberian Orchestra because that's their second act where they made a god bad of money. Uh, Christmas Eve Sarajevo, that is, of course, the redoing of the Carol of the Bells, the orchestra metal version of it. Everybody loves that. Yep, That's next on the list I'm looking at. And then as far as modern stuff, uh, Mistletoe by Justin Bieber. I'm not going to acknowledge that exists. Sorry, <laughs> just not going to do it. Nope. Rocking around the Christmas tree. That's Brenda Lee. I put that in that um, new classics, the 50s, 60s, 70s. Uh, it came out in 58. So I'm going to move that one back. Where are you, Christmas Fay Tale? Now that came from the Grinch movie from you know 15, 20 years ago. Now uh, that came out in 2000, which was 22 years ago. Sorry, folks. 22 Wait, that, years ago. That the uh, that's the Jim Carrey. That's the Jim Carrey, Ron Howard Grinch movie. Okay, I'm that's good with that. One. That's a good song, by the way. That's good. That works. Um, Jose Feliciano's Feliz Navidad from the 70s is on that list. That got, yep, that's any other version of that song is hot garbage, and I don't want to hear it, but his is fantastic. Crank that up yep. every single time. Yeah. Jingle Bell Rock from 57, of course. That's become a classic. Then we get into the sticky one as far as the modern canon go, because her fans are uh ridiculous, although I do like her as an artist. Wham busted out last Christmas in 84, and then Taylor Swift covered it. And now you get into a modern and then an even more modern take. And I actually like the Taylor Swift version. I'm just going to admit it. I will I will confess I'm not familiar with that version. I can't stand the original. Um, the there's there's a there's a logic to the lyrics that just fails me. Um, you know, last Christmas I gave you my heart. Okay, I get that metaphor. Uh, but the very next day you gave it away. So how did how did the recipient of my love give my love to somebody? It's just, I, at that point, I'm done. I'm sorry. Am I being oh, pedantic? No, yeah. hold that thought because one of mine that I really dislike has a logic flaw in it as well. And I'm going to use that same string of logic. Here's your new one I'm going to add to the list, though. But Pentatonics, if you're not familiar with that, they're a vocal group. Uh, they got big on, um, I think, America's Got Talent or one of those shows. They're really good. They've been around for a while. They've got multiple Christmas songs, mostly covers, uh, that have gone platinum. I'm looking at this list again. Uh, here's one I really like. 
the Christmas time is here. That's the Charlie Brown piano score. Uh, the Vince Guaraldi trio who did all that jazz music for the original Peanuts. Yeah. God, there's no way. I was walking by a hotel front in a major American city last week on vacation in an undisclosed location. Just walking by and hearing it play, like there's, it's, it's like a friggin' warm blanket every time you hear it. I love that song so much. Everything on that Christmas special, by the way, but especially that well, is that's, so so good. I mean, that's the that's the one that everybody thinks of. If if you told somebody that there was there were no other songs, they'd probably believe you. Most people, they hadn't seen it. All right, let's get to it. Crappy, bad, horrible Christmas songs. Uh, Paul McCartney is a legend. He's an all timer. He's in multiple <laughs> Hall of Fames multiple times. But uh, Wonderful Christmas Time is an all-timer of a bad song, Christmas and or otherwise. Yeah. It's the auditory equivalent to syphilis. It eats your brain, rots your soul, and you die embarrassed and nobody wants to be anywhere near you. Oh, it's a more... Your thoughts? Uh, it, it is... It sounds to me like someone took, took Paul and said, Hey, Sir Paul, you're, you're one of the greatest songwriters of all time. And I'm not going to argue with that. Um, they took him and they put him in a room... And they gave him an hour and they said, write a Christmas song. He took 15 minutes. This is what we got. And he just walked out. I mean, it's it's very um, half bottomed, if you will. It's the, the melody is. It's like he thought he could get away with a simple melody because it's a Christmas song, whereas, yeah, there's a lot about Christmas that is simple and nostalgic and, and the lyrics are nothing to write home about. But a lot of Christmas songs have you know, kind of banal sentimentality to them. And that's okay. We expect that. That's part of what, what this season is for people. But it's it's like he just, he mailed it in. And ding dong, ding dong. Oh, Paul. Paul, at least John didn't try to one-up you by also writing a terrible, terrible Christmas song. Oh, wait, he did. Yeah, it was bad too, but Paul takes the cake on this one. Oh, definitely. Now, there's some real stinkers on the list. I'm pulling from Esquire's list of the worst Christmas songs of all time. Uh, there's multiple cover songs on here from people that are really, really talented. The Jackson Fives are on here for their cover of uh, Kissing Santa Claus, you know. Oh. John Denver doing, and I'm going to just quote this because I still can't believe this really happened. But John Denver did, Please, Daddy, Don't Get Drunk on Christmas. We got to mention that one. The Bon Jovi song, um, Backdoor Santa. I'm going to leave that one without any further comment. There's been some other ones. Um, New Song did a song called The Christmas Shoes. This set back humanity and charitable giving probably three or four centuries minimum. This is, this is the most god-awful drivel. I hate it so much. Terrible. I, it, it should just be blasted into space and beg the aliens to come blow our planet up. I yeah. hate this song so bad. Yeah, I heard it. I heard it in a Ross while I was trying to do some upscale shopping the other day, and I just wanted to just go into a fit of rage. I'm buying nothing. <laughs> that I mean, it it is, it is an objectively terrible song. It also has that that country music thing where they try to pour it on really thick and it gets poured on so thick that it just thick. Becomes... thick. They poured the asphalt for I-95 thinner than this thing. Oh yeah. And it, it's, it, it's solidified crap. It's, it's the worst possible 
combination of everything that it, you know it's it, it's the bad songs are bad because sometimes it's a bad performance sometimes it's you know please daddy don't get drunk on christmas or um or having you know little michael jackson singing i saw mommy kissing santa claus and it's just a little weird but sometimes it's also because people analyze christmas songs and they think okay what makes a good christmas song well you want you want home, you want love, you want giving, you want charity, you want some sentimentality, you want some sweetness. And people will even take a little bit of extra sweetness and then they dump it all on top. And it's just too much. It's too much. There's a balance that the real stinkers don't get. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. All right. Here's one I'm going to get hate mail for, but I don't care. Mary, did you know is a god awful Christmas song? We were talking about we were talking about the logic the other day. It's like Mary, did you know? God sent an angel to explain it to her. I'm pretty sure when the Almighty sends an angel specifically to you by name to explain something to you that's getting ready to happen, you not only know. I'm pretty sure it didn't slip her mind afterwards. So, yeah. yes, I hate this song. I know people like it. I know there's religious connotations. I'm all about faith at Christmas. I hate this song so much. I want to rip out my ears every time I hear it. It's, did you know? Did you No. So we're going to make her infantile and stupid and incomprehensible and act like she didn't understand something. Just to reiterate that a freaking angel told her. Not just any angel. Not just any angel. Gabriel himself coming down. Have so it's our thesis that Gabriel is a bad communicator. Is that the theory here? <laughs> he explicitly needed her to say, sure, go ahead. Let's do this. It's like she had time to think about it. She pondered it, pondered it in her heart and then forgot completely. It's all, it's, it, yes. I mean, I think it is, if you can get every denomination of Christianity to agree on on one thing as far as doctrine goes, and that's that, yeah, Mary knew, and you're going to write a song based not on that? Yeah, it's hot garbage. So bad, and I'm just going to say this. I think the newer Christmas songs, the more religious they try to get, it's almost like the worse they get. At least if it's a pop song, you can go, well, I'm tired of it because it's a pop song, and it's a near worm, and it just drives me nuts like Mariah Carey. There, there's... It's like trying to write a new hymn. It's like the hymns are classics for a reason. I'm not against you writing a new one, but you're not going to write another classic hymn. Well, the standard is pretty high, isn't it? I yeah. mean, we talked about earlier, two Christmas songs have collectively sold 68 million copies. Like, that's that's incredible. And those two songs are ubiquitous. And, you, you, you know, you come at the king, you better not miss. Well... Some people miss pretty spectacularly, and it's... That's two songs in 2,000-some-odd years of having Christmas, though, and about 
five or four five hundred years in its current modern form as we know it in variations yeah. okay i'll give you that um your, your your window of winning here is really small oh absolutely not only is it small but you've got you've got absolute classics that people can hum and just off the top of their head and you've got you've got a whole collection of songs this canon that and now everybody's got a different date some people are okay with hearing the music starting you know right after thanks or right after thanksgiving some people are right after halloween um my family we split the difference and go november 15th it's one of my kids birthdays but you've got this whole collection of music that everybody just saves for this time of year i don't want to hear it in july i don't want to hear it in march this time of year these are the songs we want to hear and if you want to add to that it's got to be something pretty special see my i'm one of these thanksgiving guys like i don't want to hear a word about christmas until after thanksgiving dinner now as soon as dinner's done let's go crazy let's decorate everything let's crank the music yep. up we turn it on but i don't want to hear a peep about christmas till thanksgiving's over and i i you know even though i'm a different date person i totally respect that and i think it's it's part of the specialness of this season is that we take all these things that we love and we <laughs> we say 11 months out of the year ish um we don't want to have them because it's just not appropriate and then this time hits whether you you call it the christmas season or you call it uh you know advent or whatever you call it this time happens and and it's special and it's so special that we only want to have it now and then we put it away in a couple of weeks from now actually brown o'nolan all right give me your favorite christmas song i see the christmas tree back there when the uh, when the o'nolan clan gathers around and you limp over to your chair as head of the household with your new uh medical marvel hip a lot less limp. a lot less limping what uh what's the number one christmas song in the o'nolan house well there are four of us you're gonna get four different answers for me i'm i have to say oh come oh come emmanuel because i'm a i'm a real i'm a traditionalist and that one is one of the very few actually legit advent songs it's it's not about hey christmas is here it's christmas is coming um we don't have a ton of those and i love the fact that it goes back hundreds and hundreds of years the lyrics to that are are very old and in latin um the original and don't ask me to quote them i don't speak a word of it um but that's that's got to be my go-to if, if i only get one that's the one i'll take how about you there's a couple there's a tradition in our family uh my mom's family gets together on christmas eve in the home place um my uh my one cousin who is a supremely talented singer sings a holy night acapella that one always is a is a special one because that's that's a long-running tradition now cousin kim sings oh holy night acapella after everybody's been singing carols for a good while it's Wait. ridiculous that's one of those songs though it's like how it's presented as everything yes um as far as me just enjoying a christmas song i talked about the 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 charlie brown stuff i know that sounds silly that just that little jazz riff of christmas time is here look i love white christmas i love the hymns silent night all that stuff um i even like taylor swift singing you know give my heart away to get it back because you know fedex was closed or whatever i just that little jazz. i'm telling you the truth i was walking down the streets i was in chicago i'm walking down the street and a hotel is playing it at the car check station and i literally just kind of stopped and smiled and i couldn't help it 
like there's something about that Charlie Brown Christmas, any of that little jazzy, you know, Godardi trio stuff, but that particular song done that way with just that real mellow offbeat riff and the piano. And I think about the piano at home growing up and sitting around the tree. That just hits me every single time. And I know that's probably not on a lot of people's high list for Christmas songs, but it's on me and it just happened to me again. Just randomly, I hear that and I'm just like, like no matter what I'm doing, what I'm thinking, I'm just like, ah, Christmas. Yeah. And Christmas I- is so commercialized now. There's very few things that are Christmassy that will do that anymore. But that does it every time. And I think what you're talking about there is like, yes, for you, it's that riff. But I think everybody just about everybody has some all the good people all the good people um has some little moment in a song that reminds them of childhood safety when things were when things were good and that sort of rose-colored glasses view of the past that we often have and so that musical that's a musical cue for you but we've all got them if if i hear uh, a decent version especially if, if it's a sort of sort of Gregorian chant style version of O Come, Come Emmanuel. I, I am picturing my house when I was a kid. It's uh, dark. I can see the Christmas tree. I, the, I can see specific uh, ornaments that are on the tree. There's snow outside the windows because there's always snow outside the windows at Christmas time in the past. Um, it, it just, it brings you back and it doesn't, you know, everybody's got their own little cue, but when it hits you, it hits you and can't miss it. I completely agree. Uh, Brian O'Nolan, we're going to have you back. We'll do the good Christmas songs here as we get closer to Christmas. Uh, You write at Ordinary Times. Let folks know where they can know and follow you, my friend, because you're a brilliant writer. You do do sarcasm better than just about anybody I know. Let folks know where they can follow you and keep track of you. Yep. Uh, Not only am I at uh, ordinary-times.com, you can find me there, Um, but I'm also on Twitter at Brian O'Nolan, Brian with a Y. And um, I try to keep it clean, but I'm uh, not always successful. Well, until you sent Mike Pence to the gathering of the Juggalos, but that's another story for another. <laughs> it's day, another, which you need to go read, by the way. Fantastic stuff, uh, Brian and Nolan. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. Great. Merry Christmas, everybody. And Merry Christmas. Thank you, sir. All the music on Hertel is provided under a creative content license from MonsterCat.com. Folks, if you've listened to the Herd Tell program, you've heard our friend Gabriella Hoffman, but you need to make sure you're checking out her podcast, District of Conservation. It's a podcast exploring the nuances of true conservation efforts from D.C. and beyond. From topic discussions to exclusive interviews with conservation and energy newsmakers, Gabriella keeps listeners appraised of the latest news stories while elevating important voices. Listen to the District of Conservation on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are played. Religion is at the intersection of our 21st century life, even if we don't express a faith. At a time when it seems that religion isn't as prevalent as it once was, it still leaves its mark everywhere. As a pastor, I know that religion isn't something I just do on a Sunday, but it's found in every nook and cranny of my life. Sexuality, politics, social media, the economy, war, nationalism, all have some kind of religious angle to them. And as a communicator, I want to find the stories that can help people understand this part of our society that is so important to so many. Hi, 
I'm Dennis Sanders, and I am the host of Church and Maine. Church and Maine is a podcast about the journey of faith and where it intersects with modern life. I look at faith with a journalist's eye, asking the who, where, what, why, and how religion affects some of the major issues of the day. Join me as we journey together. You can listen to Church in Maine podcasts at the website churchinmaine.org or on your favorite podcast app. I look forward to seeing you.